successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Everybody over there. Get a hooter. Everybody out there. Get into it. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill here on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Thank you for listening as well on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. Uh, GrillNationShow.com is where you can find all of our guests, pictures of our guests, supporters, podcasts, uh, and all the information you need about the Grill Nation show. Very lucky to have one of our friends, partners, supporters, co-hosts, Man about town, birthday boy, Ryan Rink here in studio today. Yes, two West, sir. Two West Advisors. Yes, sir. Um, tell us about Two West Advisors. Oh, that's a fun one. It's uh, similar to the story that we'll probably hear later on today uh, in the latter part of the show, but it's the spare bedroom of the dream story that's worked out swimmingly well, and uh, it's all about uh, financial services, um, primarily about helping the smaller side of the market because they don't have enough money to get the good stuff. So 403Bs, 401Ks, endowments, wealth management, stuff like that. And we've kind of turned over the course of our career into uh, a heavy, heavy, heavy dose of smaller higher education institutions. And that's a niche, deep market. I never thought I'd be in it. I didn't want to be in it. We got pulled into it, and it's full steam ahead. So I'm off on new ventures. and Traveling a lot, right? Traveling a lot on purpose. Hopefully that has a little shelf life to it. But, no, we're in hyper-growth mode, and it's fun. Very cool. I want to thank Ryan uh, for his support and sponsorship, as well as our title sponsors of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill Trust and Bank of Kansas City. also want to thank some of our guest hosts and contributors, the Bash Group, Andrew Bash, and Catalyst Government Affairs, and Danny Pfeiffer, as well as Kansas City Power and Light District. Ryan, uh, you are a, you've been on the radio for a long time. People I... still think you're on the radio <laughs> full-time. <laughs> but um, thankfully, you introduced me to the great people at Bank of Kansas City and at Trust. And they were uh, longtime supporters of your show, which was on, uh, what was it, 1660 1660 before you got all cool and went to 980. And we're going to hopefully continue to grow this thing. But um, the relationships that Ryan has are uh, amazing. We have uh, Michael Viazoi, the CEO of Bank of Kansas City, on. Uh, Pretty much we're going to try to have him on every month with a new guest. And uh, it's been a really good relationship. So I appreciate you uh, connecting me to them. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, But, yeah, you're a veteran of this stuff. You've interviewed probably as many people as I have, four or 500 probably. Yeah, maybe, not quite that many. But, you know, the whole premise of what you're doing and what I still believe in is uh, make everything about everybody else other than you and I's agenda. And somehow if you lift up other people and celebrate, like we're going to celebrate with some of our guests today with mm-hmm. Park University and Dr. Gunderson and and uh, Andrew Shu and, and Spotlight. And it's just, I'd rather tell and hear other stories because Kansas City is awesome. We got game mm-hmm. and I'm proud of this town. Yeah. And so, uh, finally proud when we travel and we talk to people, right? Yeah, it's man. Changed. Kansas City is awesome. So on the show today, we're going to have on, uh, the president of Park University, Dr. Greg Gunderson. Interesting guy. So he's going to, he's going to come on. We're going to talk to him about, uh, he just started, I believe, in January of this year. 
but he comes from a, a financial kind of uh, you know a CFO type background. Yeah, but he's also unusual. worked in higher education. He worked at Webster University. He worked at uh, he went to the University of Nebraska. Got his PhD kind of later in life, and uh, now he's president of Park University up there in Parkville and across the country with a bunch of different military uh, students and, and bases and uh, online classes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch his journey. I've got a lot of faith in what um, his background brings because. You know, all smaller higher education um, institutions across the country are, they're always under budgeted, always understaffed, always struggling for something. And I don't know that, uh, I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. But Dr. Gunderson brings in a unique perspective from the outside sector of regular world to the finance through higher ed. And, um, I think that he's the right guy for the, for the job to, to get Park. Um, positioned for for really nice growth in a space that doesn't have a lot of growth right now. And I think a lot of people forget about how big of a school it really is. Hey, we've got uh, so I'm a Parkville kid, right? I grew yeah. up there. You went you to college were, there, right? I graduated Park Park College back then. Park College back then. <laughs> First job, three seventy five doing dishes. My mom's still working there after thirty some odd years. So I've got a lot of passion for Park, but you know it's got fifteen thousand students, and I don't think a lot of people know that. Mm-hmm. 2000 traditional ish, I think sitting on, up campus. on campus. And then we've got a story that I'll let Dr. Gunderson tell later, but yeah, no, but and it's cool. And Parkville's a destination town. You used to have an office there. Yeah, I did. Kansas it's city very, loves going to Parkville. It's like a, it's like going to another city. You know, you just drive about 10 minutes North of downtown and you're in a, like a European style, like Hilly. Yeah. They it's had cool. Propos up there. They have the, 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 the building on campus, the, the iconic, iconic, uh, the McKay building hall. McKay hall. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's very, they got English Landing Park when it's not flooded, obviously, yeah, right. when you can run around it. And there's all kinds of festivals up there. It's a great place to live. And a lot of people uh, choose to live there because of um, it's close to the city, but it's not too far away. And, and when you, and you look at Park and a lot of their growth, um, they've positioned it as, you know, a lot of folks, uh, higher education is expensive. When you start looking at Park compared to other institutions of similar size or or um, local or non-local, you'll find that Park's very competitive. It'll be priced on purpose. So, yes, it will be. And so, Ryan Rink also today on the show. We're going to have on Andrew Shoes, the managing partner of Spotlight Analyst Relations. Their website is spotlightar.com. And we'll mention too that Park's website is park.edu. You probably heard that before. Uh, but spotlightar.com. This is an entrepreneurial story of two guys, uh, Andrew Shoe, and I believe his partner's name is Rick. I uh, oh yeah, Rick Nash. Um, real interesting story. It's it's an interesting tech play, right? Well, you, you won't find out more about it, but it, it's it's a little confusing unless you really boil it down to what it really does. Tech stuff's always confusing. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew will do a good job of defining it. But what's cool about it, more than anything, it's another four or five year old kind of a startup company with local Kansas City roots that has recently been recognized, which I think is awesome. For a lot of the growth and, and the, the entrepreneurialism through, uh, I think, top 25, under 25, picked him up. And the business journals called him one of the better places to work. And I can't wait to hear Andrew's story on his culture and all that stuff later on. But another awesome story. Yeah, and here's what, here's what they do. Spotlight Analyst uh, Relations, they, uh, they basically, they're the only person in their space. They Their basic premise hinges on two truths. Analysts are overwhelmed with requests and organizations struggle to be heard. Much like an agent helping a talented actor get his big break, Spotlight AR provides an exclusive service helping our clients and their clients communicate their worth to their target and analysis. Excuse me, 
or excuse me, analysts who report on and recommend the top organizations. In Nobody the understands the words you just said. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> um, it's uh, you got to be a pro at that stuff. I have no idea what that stuff means. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, that's cool. It's interesting. It's a cool company, and they're growing and great culture. I appreciate uh, uh, Jenny we or Jenny uh, Kincaid, excuse me, for setting that up for me. Hey, uh, how's uh, your co-founder of Sock One Hundred and One? Which you'd have to live under a rock if you don't see all the advertisements through social media on how awesome. Are you getting those? You're getting those Facebook alerts? Oh yeah, dude, I follow you. We but- have a really nice, really great uh, social media person that's working for us now, and uh, she's kind of spearheaded that campaign. But how's that going? It's you good, man. It? It's good. I'm a you know I'm a co-founder of the company. I don't run the day to day. We have a great guy that does that. Uh, but it's 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 interesting. You know, I've always tried to. Everywhere I go, I try to give somebody a pair of socks or talk to them about Sock 101. So, yeah. um, it's been good, man. It's, it's just like any other company. It's growing. It's got its, its startup stuff. It's got its growth problems. It's got its great growth excitement, things that are going to happen. And, uh, but yeah, at sock101.com, we're growing and excited to be a co-founder of the company. Yeah, that's fun. Kansas man. City company, you know, I know it's great. I know we got to celebrate. Right? It's awesome. We got to celebrate our, uh, our companies more here in Kansas City. And that's what we like to do on Grill Nation show. Ryan Rink. Two West Advisors with me all day today. Looking forward to our next guest, our next segment with Dr. Greg Gunderson, the president of Park University. Thanks for listening. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running fast like a man on a wire. Can't stop laughing. Keep them going crazy though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. Casey Mo. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today to Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. I appreciate you as well joining us today on iTunes and TuneIn Radio as well as at GrillNationShow.com where you can find all of our podcasts, photos of our guests, and general information about the show. Very lucky to have one of our uh, great co-sponsors, supporters, partners with Grill Nation in studio here today, Ryan Rink. Two West Advisors, how are you, buddy? I'm happy. It's good to be back. It's good to see you. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Um, really excited about our next guest, and I appreciate Ryan uh, for helping set this up. But uh, as someone who grew up in the Northland and uh, actually uh, worked at Park University for a while, I'm very excited to have the new uh, president, fairly new, I guess, January 2016, uh, Dr. Greg Gunderson, who is the president of Park University here in studio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm really pleased to be here. It's great to see you. Um, First off, let's talk about your background. How'd you how'd you end up in Parkville? How'd you end up in Kansas City? <laughs> well, I, my career has taken a really interesting turn, and uh, most presidents in higher education historically come from the provost rank or the academic side of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm part of the very small minority; about ten percent of the presidents in the country come up the finance side of the house. And so, uh, my career path is very different. I spent the first half of my career in the business sector. I worked for organizations like. Arthur Anderson doing accounting, uh, Cray Research that built large computers, and with ConAgra Foods, a company that uh, has operations here in, in Missouri, and uh, came to higher education later in my career and entered it uh, at the University of Nebraska at Lincoln and mm-hmm. discovered a real love for it and realized almost instantly no one in the finance ranks had an academic background at all. No one had ever taught in the classroom or had a Ph.D., and so I decided to pursue my Ph.D., and I taught a little bit in the classroom, always maintaining my finance uh, perspective and strength, and was fortunate to go from there to an uh, organization in St. Louis called uh, Webster University as their chief mm-hmm. financial officer, where I served for five years. Uh, but I'd always wanted to be a president. I 
right or wrong, I had some ideas about how we could move our institutions forward and our transforming student lives mm. and uh, had been looking for the right opportunity. I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska, and so this is much closer to Omaha. Sure. Uh, it's still in the Midwest. I wanted a Midwestern city, and uh, I applied. And uh, after an interview process, they were they were interested enough to to bring me on board. So I come a little bit of a different path, but Park itself is a little bit of a different institution. And mm-hmm. so in some ways, it was a, a match made in heaven. Let's talk about that. Tell us a little bit more about Park University. Well, Park University is very distinct in the field of higher education, not just in the city of in our city, Kansas City, but within the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has uh, a total student population of over 15,000, and in a main campus in Parkville, our flagship campus, that population is closer to 2,000. Uh, the Parkville campus, it's an institution that's 141 years old this year and is a traditional undergraduate liberal arts institution that feels very much like so many other schools uh, in our city that, mm-hmm. and, and higher education institutions. And yet, we have over 40 sites scattered across the nation in 20-plus states. Uh, we really are uh, a tale of two cities. We service two very distinct student populations, and, and that makes us incredibly unique. On the one hand, we have our traditional undergraduate who's taking a full load of classes. They're a student first mm-hmm. and an employee second. Most of them work today, but not full-time. And they typically start with us about 18 years old. Um, in our extended network, our average age is closer to 32. They tend to be uh, adult evening learners. As a result, they are employees first and students second. The vast majority of that network is uh, on military basis. And so one area of our focus has been for decades is in serving those who serve us, our U.S. military. Um, beyond that, we offer more classes online than any other format that we have whether it be on base or in person in Parkville. And that online population often never visit the main campus or have a campus home in the traditional sense of the word. They are Those tend to be not only military, but adult evening learners working on graduate degrees, ranging from MBAs uh, focused on business, some, some people in education. And so we see some real opportunities that we service that uh, so much of the marketplace has never dealt with. And so... As a result, uh, some of the interesting statistics that makes us different, or at least notes our differences, in Kansas City, we graduate more MBAs than anyone else, mm-hmm. uh, which seems odd based on our size, but it's because of our extended network right. and our online student population. And we we have an incredibly large minority student population, in part because when you serve the military, which is one of our most diverse organizations in the United States, uh, you get a diverse student population but also because we've made a real significant effort to recruit international students. And on our main campus and our housing, approximately 40% of our students come to us from overseas. And so we have a very large uh, global footprint. And so a person who wants to have their son or daughter have that global experience but can't afford sending them abroad, one of the ways they can address that need is through our campus Mm -hmm. and and the access in a classroom to students, not just military, not just veterans, but from all over the globe in a very real sense, and it makes for a great educational experience. And so as a result, we're fairly unique in higher education. There's very about five institutions that are private nonprofits that look and feel like Park University. It's amazing. Dr. Greg Gunderson's here, president of Park University. Let's talk about uh, following up on that. Let's get into your year of inclusion because it kind of goes in through that. 
Uh, what, what's that and what are you doing with that and, and how did you implement that? Well, a great question. And I started my first year in January, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I'm new to the presidency at Park University. But quickly what I determined was we needed to focus on the concept of inclusion, in part because it's always been a historic strength of Park University, something that has defined us from our very beginning. Our first graduating class had more women than men in a time where at most institutions of higher learning in the United States, women weren't even allowed to attend. Uh, we had our first international student graduate, a student from Japan, before the start of the, of the 1900s. Hmm. And so well, we've always had that kind of inclusive, embraceive outlook. Uh, but it seems to me, in particular today, with some of the challenges that have been highlighted by Ferguson and, and other incidents around the country, that there's a need for dialogue. And there's a need for dialogue specifically around the concept of inclusion. So we're dedicating this year to be our year of inclusion. We're sponsoring a series of speakers and events on campus that are designed to highlight um, inclusion from two perspectives. There is a perspective of those who feel marginalized, who feel like that their voice isn't being heard. And what what we have found is often those individuals feel like they're victims. They feel like they have no control over the events that surround them. And the opposite is entirely true. Mm. And so we want to teach uh, those who are marginalized to be proactive, stand up, and and to desire to, to solve the challenges that they're facing. At the same time, we want to help students who don't feel like that on occasion to be there to reach out with a helping hand, to engage in dialogue. So it's a year of inclusion about how we are responsible for the place we find ourselves, whether we find ourselves in the, a, a group that views itself as marginalized or a group that doesn't. And what's interesting is it's a lot like the conversation nationally on bullying. Everyone feels marginalized at times. As I talk to international students, they feel like they are separate. They don't have, don't, they don't understand the language and the culture. Sometimes it's division based on uh, race. Sometimes on color. Sometimes on religions. And so people can feel like they are uh, marginalized, even when 80 percent of the rest of the time they feel like uh, society provides them an equal opportunity. And so we're going to focus our energy on that. And it's something that's always been true to Park in the. 1940s, during World War II, our president then, President Young, brought Japanese students from intern camps Mm. um, on the West Coast to campus. Very controversial, but he believed, and ultimately the campus has found to be true, that it was the right thing to do, and and time stands with him. And so my belief is, on the issue of inclusion, we will always be on the side of right if we focus energies in making, whether it's higher education or um, other aspects of a student life, a place where they feel like they can own solutions to the problems that they face. Right, and it's it's really awesome that you guys are putting together programs and activities. Ryan, we got about two minutes left in this segment. You want to follow up on that? Um, a couple things um, to the inclusion. You know, growing up as a kid, you know, I'm a Park alum. It was my first job. My mom's been there for 30 years as a you know administrative assistant to the athletic department. So um, when I was growing up as a kid, there was a heavy international. Player yeah, at was. Park at the time, and a lot of these kids couldn't get back to Micronesia, couldn't get back to an African country just because it was break. And so our Thanksgiving table and Christmas table and Easter table was the Pat Fayard Park inclusion to allow these kids to come celebrate family, you know. Um, and so I grew up with a bunch of different types of people on at, at my, you know, family sharing table. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Gunderson's. Um, unique um background i echo and it's it's refreshing 
Um, as you know, with, with my job, I travel the country and talk at a presidential level with small institutions like Park all over the country. And it's refreshing to find somebody that, one, came from the outside yeah, right. of higher education because instantly Dr. Gunderson and I can kind of speak a different language, right? But mm-hmm. then also with his finance coming up is a lot different than what I've seen versus the traditional. And I think that uh, we're off to a real good start with things after the first nine months, and it'll be excited to see what we got and the results and the new things that are coming. So, You've always had good sports up there, too. Yes. Yeah, you guys, I, that's where I always saw, you know, a lot of, I mean, living up there, I always saw people running around, activities, you know, the facilities being used, you went to games a lot, so it's always a very inclusive, very inclusive. It is, and in fact, uh, one of the things, I, I'm a curler by uh, my interest. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hold that for after the break. Okay. <laughs> First <laughs> time I heard that, I was like, what? Where oh, do you man. do that at? There, there is some places here in Kansas City, I've heard, yes. that, that have curling. Oh, yeah, he's legit. There, there are. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it is. I guess that's the... Uh, that's a Nebraska thing, huh? Or is that well, more of a... my father's from Minnesota originally. Okay. So yeah. that's where we picked it up. And so I'm probably the finest collegiate president curler in the state of Missouri. I, I can feel pretty confident. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll talk more about that after the break. You're listening to Grill Nation here on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Thanks for joining us. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. right. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll Married to the money, introduced it to my stove Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for Welcome back to the show, Grill Nation with Jason Grill here on 980am and talk980am.com Also appreciate you joining us via podcast at iTunes and TuneIn Radio as well as at grillnationshow.com You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show we're talking to Dr. Greg Gunderson, who's the president of Park University, also is a uh, very good curler we found out in our last segment. How, well, you, how, how, how does that work, and, and you, you, how do you keep it going, man, with your well, busy schedule? Well, curling, uh, it's something that my father's originally from Minnesota, and so that's something he did as a child. And when he moved to Nebraska and Omaha, they have a curling rink, and so uh, that was one of the sports he, he got. He saw that his sons were involved in, and so I've been doing it most of my life. Uh, but Interesting, it's, but it's 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 a sport that uh, over time you you develop an appreciation for the more interesting, the nuances of it. And I'm not a great curler. I I vaguely look like someone who's having a stroke halfway through, <laughs> and then I, I release the stone. So it's not a beautiful delivery, but uh, uh, it's 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 a sport that you can play up until your 70s, and people do. Mm. And uh, it's really more about learning the ice and. Being consistent, just like in the game of golf, it's you don't have to be great at golf if, if you can be consistently mediocre. It's it's good enough. You're okay. You yes. can you can you can play in a scramble or two or or hold your own, right? Yeah, and, shoot and, in the 80s and 90s. That's where I am usually, more so in the 90s than the 80s. But <laughs> and when I went to Park, one of the first thing I did is I took 50 students curling. Okay. And so we we rented a bus. We took them out. They all got patches afterwards. They're all officially part of the Park University curling team. Nice. And I told them that they would be among the 50 best collegiate curlers in the state <laughs> just by the mere fact that actually had done it once. Right. So it's a, it's not a common activity here. We have, we have T-shirts that say Park University football undefeated since 1875. There you go. <laughs> Which is always pretty... helps when you don't have a team. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about kind of what's going on at Park because – you know, I grew up up north. Ryan obviously has has been there back in the old days. He's getting older, 
We both are. But um, what what's changed up there? I mean, I know you guys have done a lot of things to the campus. Well, you know, there's a beautiful sign now when you come into Parkville, which I lived in Parkville, uh, moved out of Parkville Cup about a year or two ago. Maybe actually more. I moved into Kansas City, but I was still in the Northland. And I've noticed now since I've been back to go uh, golfing up north or whatever to see family that as you drive through, you see beautiful Park University signs now. There's different lighting. It's a lot different than when I was, you know, there was a one-lane road there going yes. into the city. So, oh, And one of the great things is, as you come into the city of Parkville now, they have new signs for the city, and it says it's the home of Park University. And so uh, coming awesome. to Park University later in my career, I really appreciate the tremendously good relationship that the city and the community has with the institution. They view it not only as their own, but something that they're proud of. And it's uh, you see that everywhere that you go uh, – whether it's Parkville days or other events the city has. There's always a strong Park University contingent. And you guys have renovated some parts of the campus too yes. uh, recently, and uh, you've, you've done some things at libraries and the academic commons area. Talk yes. about that. So uh, we have one of the last Carnegie libraries that still use as a library on a campus, a higher education campus in the state. And uh, it, we refer to the building as our Norrington Center. And it has been it was extensively renovated this year as our library. And what's really interesting, if people were to come and visit, and I hope uh, people listening do, you will find a very few books on display. Actually, students request books. They're stored on our underground facility and brought up. Uh, but the space is designed to be an interactive, collaborative space. And we've got some great huddle rooms in which there's technology where you can scan a code on the side of the screen download software on whatever device you're using, and you can interact with that screen anywhere you are in our extended network. So you could be back in your dorm room, and you, and three people could still be in that room slaving that device, that screen, and be able to exchange information back wow. and forth. It also has a bunch of what I like to call uh, clumping space, just space for students to meet up. And, and it also is the home of our Starbucks coffee on campus. And so Ooh. that's important. Students today love their coffee. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a very interactive collaborative space that's really been brought back to life. And the, the building is over a hundred years old and, and it just looks great as a result of all the work, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, one thing we did this year that, uh, and coming from a finance background appealed to me very quickly was, covering all our blacktop with a nice, clean coat. We had a high ratio of oh, yeah. of uh, potholes. We are in Missouri, so you get your potholes and, and just bad surfaces. And with oil and gas prices low, um, asphalt itself is low. And so we could do it now for about a third the cost we could have three years earlier. And so we... This league responsible. I like yes. that. Park University. Look See? at that. And and now you can drive your cars on campus. You have a sense you're not in a third world nation. We have nice, smooth <laughs> driveways. But, but but beyond that, we're investing in our facilities in ways that are large and small. Um, we are looking at adding for the first time in decades a new uh, academic building to campus. We're looking to add a business school uh, facility, and we're really excited about that. We're actively working on designs. Um, but beyond that, we have been made improvements all across, whether it's in our dorms or in our food services. We continue to add New facilities, and this is we're in a window of major reinvestment. Last year, we put about nine million dollars into facilities um, in Parkville. I don't think we'll put as much in this year, but over the next couple of years, we'll probably do another nine million. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's a beautiful campus. I'm told our McKay Building is the single most photographed building in the state, and um, it's, it is a beautiful structure. Uh, I ran into a four-year-old with her grandmother who was here uh, visiting campus. 
because she lived on the other side, the Kansas side, and she kept telling her grandma she wanted to visit the castle she could see. <laughs> so she had come over to grandma to visit the castle. So it was a beautiful campus. Very beautiful. Um, Dr. Greg Gunderson, president of Park University. Let's talk about your rankings and affordability. You guys always rank high in those. Yes, there's been a lot of national rankings occur on this concept of ROI or return on investment. And in, in layman's terms, it's a conversation about what do you get in exchange for your investment. And Park University ha- ranks high consistently, sometimes number one, sometimes as high as number three in, in different ranking systems for that return on investment. And you know, families today, when they send their child off to college, it's the single biggest expense that they will face outside of their home. It's the biggest investment. And they want to know that they're going to get a good return. Part of the reason we have a really good return is our price. And so uh, last fiscal year, or last academic year, our tuition was about $11,000. National average for uh, nonprofit private institutions like ourselves is over 26000 And so we are less than half for a price point of where our peers are. And we're there for a number of reasons. One of them is that concept of inclusion we talked about earlier. We believe to be inclusive, you have to welcome people. You have to make it available. And so our price has been established to do that. And so we maintain a very low price. And our outcomes are equally as important. And so our graduates are able to find careers and to be very successful and to, and to make a good living. And so when you have a low entry price investment, and you have a better-than-average return for that investment, mm-hmm. it results in one of the nation's highest return investments among um, all institutions, not just our peers, but all. And we're pretty proud of that. Uh, and part of that reflects our military presence. Our, our military graduates go on to do incredible things across this country. Um, some stay in the military. We have generals that have graduated with us. But we, we see in businesses um, across this country, and in the state of Missouri and in our hometown, uh, we're a significant impact to the employer base. They're bringing quality, well-trained uh, students. Mm-hmm. And and we see an important part of that is uh, business people tell us today they want to see three things in graduates. They want them to be able to communicate. They want them to be able to think critically. And they want them to have a sense of integrity. And we are we have always pursued those three in our in our liberal arts education model. Uh, but they are of critical importance to us because uh, if you you can't have integrity if you can't think critically. And you can't think critically without being able to write, read, and to speak. And so we see them as linked. And we don't see integrity as something as you and I would define it. We think every student needs to have the tools to define for themselves what they believe to be right and wrong and be able to communicate that. Mm-hmm. And And because we do that well, I think that also reflects on our return on investment. I think it does, too. Um, One of the things I always thought about Park University was a very innovative place. Um, You guys were very active on online learning very early, if if I presume. Um, Talk to us about that. I mean, you guys are continuing to try to innovate uh, because the education system, higher education system, is continuing to evolve with with people's careers these days and with more people wanting to start their own companies, uh, more entrepreneurship happening. Uh, Talk to us about kind of how innovation is important as you grow. Well, and innovation is critical in higher education, just like it is in every other um, industry in America. Uh, Where we see some real opportunities for us on the online environment is we are developing a new modality or new delivery mechanism that bridges the classroom experience and the online experience, and we're calling it Pirate Patch. Our mascot is the pirate, and Patch, P-A-T-C-H, is connecting those two modalities. And what we're doing is we're providing in the classroom a collaborative experience 
among our military bases where three bases, hypothetically, can be linked up with one providing the teacher and the rest providing a mix of students. And they'll connect via uh, video conferencing and, and have audio feed and be able to have a classroom experience with the collaboration and the set schedule. So they have those advantages of a classroom experience coupled with the capacity to, to bring different people together in collaboration, much like the classroom. And so we see it as a tremendous step forward from a technology perspective. And we're, we just implemented that for our fall semester, and we're rolling out across the country among all of our facilities as the year progresses. And we're also seeing, um, with adult evening learners in particular, the desire for certificates. People no longer are looking for an entire right, right. Uh, master's degree. And one of the innovative things that we're doing is we're working on de-escalation training. That can be used whether you're a prison guard or a police officer or even a pastor. We're finding across the country many occupations trying to develop that critical skill set that they often aren't taught in their traditional degree. And so we're looking to bring those to the table. Very cool. Dr. Greg Gunderson, president of Park University. Check it out at park.edu. Yes. Uh, thanks for coming on Grill Nation show today. And uh, congrats on all your early successes the president and i hope that your curling game continues to improve throughout the years <laughs> thank you <laughs> we'll be right back on grill nation thanks for listening Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining us as well again on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and at GrillNationShow.com where all of our podcasts and pictures of our guests today will be posted. Thanks for uh, thanks for looking at the website. It's growing in popularity, popularity each and every day. Ryan Rinks joining me again for this final segment, Two West Advisors, sponsor of the show. Thanks, Ryan, for uh, being here the whole show today. Appreciate it. We're really excited about our Final interview today, we have Andrew Shu, who's the managing partner at Spotlight Analyst Relations, Spotlight AR, we like to call it. Uh, check it out at SpotlightAR.com. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Jason, thank you, thank you for having me. It's very good to have you. We were talking off air with some, some great stories about your entrepreneurship background and whatnot, but what does Spotlight Analyst Relations do? <laughs> That's the $60,000 question. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Analyst Relations is... Uh, Think of it as a specific portion of the overall PR market. So analyst relations for us is representing technology companies that want to be famous with the industry analysts at Forrester and Gartner. So for those of you who are not familiar with Forrester and Gartner, think consumer reports for big technology. So when a Fortune 500 brand wants to go out there and purchase new e-commerce software, content management tools, knowledge management tools, cloud-based infrastructure tools – they have to have somebody to call. So they call the Forster and analyst. The analyst at Forster and Gardner, and uh, they help guide them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So this idea came up. Ryan's looking at himself trying to, to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm still Does financial guy. Sense? A little foggy, a little foggy. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a little lost with the consumer reports of big tech. Right. So basically this is a way to benchmark or analyze things that are coming out of big tech. Versus just consumer reports? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so think if you are a CMO or CIO, right, and you work at one of these big companies that has to make a big technology purchase. I mean, these projects are millions of dollars, months and months of implementation. You want to make sure you make a great decision. And you only buy this once every five years, so you want an expert. So you pick up the phone, you call up Forrester, you call up Gardner, and you say, I want to buy X. Will you please put me on the phone with the expert? 
and that expert will guide you through the process and say, hey, listen, this is what I think about the market. Here are the people that I think matter. Here are the people doing it really, really well. And then, you know, that's, that's hugely influential. So our clients, therefore, want to be on that list. They want to be on the tip of the tongue when that analyst makes a recommendation. It's like Angie's list for big, big, big dollar stuff. I'm going to call in and find an expert that will guide me in the right direction that's got game. You got it. <laughs> I'm in. I and got you, it. You have another managing partner. You started this with someone you knew? Absolutely. Uh, Rick Nash. Rick Nash uh, is my business partner. We've been uh, at this for about four and a half years. Uh, we actually worked together at our last company, Acuity Group. We were in the management consulting space uh, mm-hmm. doing the implementation of that software and the strategy around it. So uh, we didn't come from a PR background, but it's been fun learning. Mm-hmm. 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 I didn't either, but I do a lot of that too. So <laughs> Yeah, but somebody so, in the analyst PR background at a company bought something without your knowledge and you got stuck implementing it. So you got to see some good, bad, and the ugly, right? Oh, absolutely. We so the there, there's that. a little bit of foundation on how you can... Yes, for sure. Actually, uh, Rick was the one who came up with the idea to uh, uh, start an analyst relations firm. We were at Acuity Group, a consulting firm. We were about 350, maybe 500 people, somewhere in there at that Mm. that period of time. We were fighting against the biggest implementers out there, people with brand names who were having a hard time with our brand recognition. Mm. And at the end of the day, some of these CMOs and CIOs would come to us and say, hey, listen, the other two people on the short list, the analyst said the great things about them. They're on this report they're on the seminal piece of research and you are not so tell me how i feel safe making the decision to purchase you so rick said hey listen if if they're going to ask me that question that's an important problem to solve so why don't we go ahead and try to create a company that does interesting that? you did that four years ago now you have 15 to 20 employees right yeah we're at 16, 16. keep looking yeah so what's your culture like because it looks pretty cool from your website <laughs> if i'm looking at your website i'm seeing a good culture absolutely it's very important these days no it's a it's a big deal i think that um I don't think it's a surprise, right? You guys have probably had tons of people sit at this chair. And at the end of the day, the number one thing that keeps me up at night is how do I continue growing the firm while sustaining that culture, that essence, mm-hmm. the thing that made us special when we first started? You know, we um, actually uh, – <laughs> it, it, people say fun all the time, fun and work and a great balance. I like to say that we take that to heart. I don't think that's unique to desire it, but the investment in it is what makes a difference, right? Mm-hmm. You give us people the space to breathe. You make an investment in um, fun activities. You, you, you support those elements um, on a continuous basis. So you put your time there, you put your money there, and uh, hopefully, it, uh, hopefully it shows. Yeah, so I have a question for you. Is, is the vision expansion, uh, you know, it's either you're a lifestyle company or you're a company company, and there's mm-hmm. two different, no, no right or wrong reason. I own a lot of lifestyle companies. <laughs> <laughs> Stu West is in the leaving the practice, moving into hypergrowth into the company, and culture is very important to uh-huh. us. So we're kind of in this thing with we, we've got a Chicago office now, yeah. Tallahassee, and I'm losing it, right? right? So have you thought about that balance? Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, we're, we're looking at an investment and in possibly starting a San Francisco office. We hired somebody from Chicago, so we're learning to manage remote um, employees for the first time as well. We, too, think that 2017, the end of this year, will be the era of growth, right? Um, we'll be pushing forward hard. Now, the question really is lifestyle company versus company company. Um, when we started the firm as two management consulting guys, mm-hmm. we're pretty diligent in sort of establishing the process. It was career growth and planning. It was systems that scale. It was investment in professional services. Get the right accountant in place. Get the right lawyers in place. Get the right culture in place. It was very systematic the way that we thought about building our firm. Like to think that those investments early, maybe overinvestment in that stuff early, will result in 
us keeping more of what makes us special as we go into scale. Well, you guys are growing quickly, right? You get a lot to. of awards here in Kansas City, I've seen, <laughs> right? You're doing well. Are you, you know, talk about that. Talk about your... Uh, yes, yes. So um, it's been fun. It's been fun. The first two years, um, <laughs> it's quiet. It was that quiet phase where you're building something. You know, you go from what everybody knows, which is the uh, the, the the dining room uh, to the coffee shop to the small office oh, where yeah. you rented. Oh, yeah. And then you go through all those things. And then um, you wake up two and a half years later, three years later. You're like, wow, uh, top 2,525, fantastic. Best small place to work in Kansas City based, on the, based by the – by the Kansas City Business Journal, wonderful award. Those are the things that just absolutely make Rick and I giddy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're going to win anything. It's not a growth award. Sure. You're going to win anything. Best places to work. Absolutely. So you guys are in the river market, is that right? We are. We are tell, right Tell there. me about that. Where, how's it working down there and being downtown or in the river market area? It's been fantastic. Uh, when we uh, started, we were down in you know, typical corporate woods, mm-hmm. a great place to work. We enjoyed it. That's where our management consulting firm was. And when we decided to go into space, we said, let's be part of the Kansas City scene. Let's go ahead and make an investment in being downtown. Let's go be part of the growth and the reinvigoration, right? Mm-hmm. So that was, um, oh, God, two and a half, three years ago. So we moved down there. It's been awesome. As I mean, sitting on top of Opera House uh, Coffee Shop, watching the streetcar come in, the vibrancy come in. It, it, you know, we started on a bet. and It wasn't that big of a bet. But then it's just been awesome. Very cool. Both Kansas City guys, are you guys from here or grew up here or what? Um, you know, I went to high school here, so I consider myself a Kansas City guy. But Rick is a uh, transplant. So um, he was born in Cincinnati, then went over to uh, New York, ascent in Chicago, came here. So he's definitely a transplant following mm-hmm. his uh, his wife, and she had a wonderful business opportunity here. Um, I came here young. And he stayed here, here, though. He that, did. That's always the story. Your wife usually is from here. Or you came here because of a family member, uh-huh. and, you know, so it's interesting. You know, I think but then that, that people always end up staying, which is great. I couldn't agree more. I, you know, think about Kansas City. It's an incredible place to be right now. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. If you look back 10 years, I went to high school here. This is not the city that I grew up in, mm-hmm. right? This is not the city that we grew up in. Right. You look around and you're like, hey, there's something, there's something special. Let's do this. Let's stay here. Andrew Shu, managing partner of Spotlight Analyst Relations. The website is spotlightar.com. Congrats on all your success, man. I'm uh, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on this company, and congrats on best places to work. I know that's a big deal, and uh, should be getting that award here quickly, right? Absolutely. So. It's a huge deal. The top 25 under 25 has got an awesome resume as well, <laughs> and I didn't realize you're a Kansas City kid like I, so I love celebrating our city's entrepreneurs, so awesome job. Man. Awesome job. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. Ryan, thanks for coming today as well. Yep, you're welcome. We'll see you again next week. Take care.